Hey guys, thanks for joining us here on the 307 Podcast today. I hope you enjoy the episode that's coming up, but want to let you know this one is brought to you by our partner at Drink Hoist. Uh, <clears throat> we've been using Hoist for a couple years now in all kinds of extreme environments doing some really difficult things. And let me tell you, it keeps you hydrated. It keeps you going. Uh, it's easy on the stomach. It has everything that you need. 70 calories, 14 carbs, 430 milligrams of sodium. It's got calcium, potassium, magnesium. This stuff is going to hydrate you even better than water. Go get you some. This stuff's made in America. Amazing people behind the brand. They've been huge supporters of us here at 307 Project for a long time, and it makes a difference when you support the companies that support this podcast. So thank you, Hoist, for making this episode possible. Go check them out at drinkhoist.com. You're live. Let me know when I'm live. You're live. You're live. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord has blessed us all. Uh-oh. And uh, we're able to be back here in the studio with you today. We appreciate you joining us. We hope you're doing well this morning, wherever you are. Whether you're listening on audio or watching on YouTube, whether here you're here in the United States or in some foreign land, we want to let you know that you're tuning in to the premier ultra-running mindset, politics, life, faith podcast that has ever existed on the face of the earth. Get ready for another hard-hitting episode here on the 307 Podcast, where we get down to the bottom we get that we dig deep and we figure out what's really going on with your body, your soul, and your spirit. My name is Chad Wright. I'm your main host today here on the 307 podcast. We've got uh, Pope Chili sitting in the seat over there. He's getting ready for Christmas. The man is fired up. He's about to share a Surprise letter with us. We have got the beautiful Miss Brooke Wright, a.k.a. Biscuit, sitting over here by Chili. We are so happy you're here today, Brooke. He's breaking the rules already. We are so happy you're here. And then, of course... It's going to be a good show. Of course, we have the tech guy behind the scenes making all this happen, bringing this to you live on YouTube for the 310th time in a row. We've got the tech guy, also known as Blake Wright. Don't mess with the tech guy. Bishop Blake Wright. Count the money, son. <laughs> I think I'm leaving. I'll put the screen go black when I talk on here now. <laughs> That's good. I like that. So, welcome. Chili, what you got for us, man? I know you wanted to share something with us this morning. Well, I don't want to take too much time here because, you know, it would just really, it's a little bit negative, so that would kind of dampen the mood here, which I think is quite good. All four of us just in a <laughs> high-spirited high mood. Very good. Um, jovial, even. I would go as far to say jovial. Yeah. But something negative happened to me, uh, and I'll I'll get it going here. <laughs> you keep adding your bra. You got an inside <laughs> pocket in that sweater? Oh I got God. a letter from a 
Mr. Hamilton Howard Fish. Ooh, that looks very... Ooh. Is it an official letter? Yeah, it's, a, it's it, very official. It's a uh, cease and desist. Okay. You ever heard of it? Uh-huh. No. What's that mean? From the United States Space Force. Oh, my gosh. You see that? I see it. So I'll just read it to you. I mean, I, I'll give my thoughts later, but I've never gotten a piece of official legis- uh Correspondence. It's, <laughs> it's, an, it's an official correspondence. <laughs> but anyway, October 18th, 2023, came from Hamilton Howard Fish. And then it says ESQ, period, after his name. Mm. Esquire. I don't know. 2020 U.S. Space Force Pentagon, Suite 4E858, Washington, D.C., 20330-2000. Okay. Cease and desist, unauthorized and misleading representation of United States Space Force. It says, Dear whom it may concern, I write on behalf of the United States Space Force and Chief of Space Operations, B. Chance Saltzman. Mm, That can't be good. No. United States Global Intelligence has learned of your repeated... It doesn't even say my name. It doesn't even address me. I don't know how they got how it got to me. Of your repeated continued deception around your involvement in the United States Space Force on the YouTube channel 3 of 7 project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see that? I see it. We have accumulated the recording of 700 731 violations of penal code 529. Ooh, the oh, the penal you're code. You're screwed. You want to know what it says? What? Penal Code 529, Section A states every person who falsely impersonates another in either his or her private or official capacity and in that assumed character does any of the following is punishable pursuant to Subdivision B. Pursuant? They're going to make you live in a subdivision. (laughs) So then I'll go here. Um, That wasn't funny. Article B says... Punishable by a fine not exceeding $10,000 or by imprisonment in a county jail not exceeding one year. Or imprisonment pursuant to subdivision H of section 11170 or by both. Sincerely, Howard Hamilton Fish, ESQ. Why a county jail? Why not like federal? I don't know. I just had to share that with everybody. That's the letter I got this week. I wonder how much... Well, you know. What are you gonna say? <laughs> it's interesting to me that your position in the fa- in the space force is literally so top secret that the leaders of the space force don't even know that you're part of the space force. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at. I'm a little bit irritated. Well, it's not their fault because they obviously don't have enough clearance to be privy to the position that you hold within the space space force special operations community well i don't really know what you wanted to get into on this episode but basically if our government doesn't even know who i am that's a problem i mean they can't even figure that out so imagine the depths that it goes their ineptness oh that's a good point what do you think blake what do you think about that you are a (laughs) policeman am i in trouble (laughs) well i was a policeman not a lawyer that seems like a 
you know. I I did I do have a lawyer. I I reached Borelli. <laughs> well, I may have to get him involved, but this was a military man named Stephen P. Carnes. These people of, have some funky names. Of Carnes Law. Hmm. I call. I, I contacted I, him. I think I saw him on a billboard on the drive down to Orlando the other weekend. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Well, that's well, Montlick and Associates. Okay. So if it Montlick, yeah. If you get injured, hurting a wreck, need to check. Yeah. Well, yeah. I ain't hurting a wreck. This is a pretty serious matter. So if anybody in watching this video knows of a military lawyer who can re represent a high level client, they're gonna wind up in the brig. He's that's what I'm just asking, man. Disappear. We won't know what happened. To what do you think about that? What really stands out to me <laughs> is just what you do with your free time. You know, that's what stood out to me as she <laughs> read that letter, and I thought, "What are you talking about? Are you saying that's not real?" Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that's for real, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's for real. You know, that's just how I see it. But it does have a little like. Space Force I logo. haven't seen the letter yet, but that's just where I'm at right now. Oh, it's legit. It looks legit. You ain't seen it either. Yeah, that's a no. That's official correspondence. It, it has the penal codes in it. It has everything. It has the penal codes. It has everything that you. It need also to. said the word requisite. Oh, and it's written in Times New Roman double space font, so it's <laughs> that anytime you get mail, that's how they you know format it. So that's you one know thing that stands out to me. That it's official. Blake uh, is such a naysayer, man. I, I talk about all the time when the government's going to come and get us, and he laughs at me like it's not going to happen. He's I, a, he it, doesn't believe this. It stands out, too. That they didn't even have a color printer <laughs> for their letter. Like, what is the yeah, Space Force operating It's, it's in? the government, dude. They're they don't cheap. have colored printers. Yeah, yeah, what do you want me to do? The uh, government is 15 years behind the rest of the world in technology. Colored printer. Colored uh, printer. <laughs> <laughs> this signature looks awfully a lot like a chili signature too so that's oh, howard man. hamilton fish that's just kind of where i'm at <laughs> that's just kind of where i'm at with it so i mean you asked me what i thought that's just what i think you know that was mr fish well, Can I see i'd like to see the envelope that came in i left that at the house so right. that's how you know it's official by the envelope well, i'm gonna tell you right now man oh yeah i mean they, uh, the government knows they're they're watching us. They're watching this pot. My dad told me the other day. He's he said, on here. My dad told me the other day. He said, "Y'all know you got me on a watch list, right?" <laughs> and I said, "What are you talking about, man?" And uh, he he was look he was another one that does a lot of this good stuff with his free time. Chili and Dad, they yeah. got that in common. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying that, to work with him. That, <laughs> Dad was looking up his name or something on, on Google, and he found that his... <laughs> he, he said, I wonder what happened if I Google my name. He, he found that his name was on... Um, I don't know the specifics behind it. If he's on here, maybe he can comment. But uh, he found that his name was on some sort of uh, government watch list, and it said he was part. He was on that list because of his the people who he was associated with. RMM. That's what that's from. Beebs is on here too. Or they both know. Dude, we were just talking about the RMM the other day. He's on the watch list because of the RMM, hundred percent. It's official. So yeah. I, I, well, clearly, I'm on it too. <laughs> oh yeah, you're definitely. <laughs> well, yeah, you're definitely on a watch list. Yeah, I, I talk. I talk all the time about 
this stuff to Blake, you know? And he just laughs at me when I'm like, you know, when they get me, they're probably going to get me in an airport. Mm. Like, more than likely. They're, they're, they're not... That real ID. Yeah, they're not going to come and get me, like, at my house. Because that, that's going to be a... There's going to be problems. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to get you in a transition you, area. Yeah, can you take him down a notch? The thing is... Where, is, where, where you, they know you're unarmed... And they're just going to swoop in and wrap you up, man. But you, you're being too outspoken with it. And it's not time yet. You, what, it's still for the time to, to come be, get me? It's still time to be the gray man. You shouldn't be on the watch list yet. You got to act when it's time to act. Well, it's too late. We're, we're on the watch list. I don't list. want to be on the watch list now either, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for that, Bubba. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'll, I'll Google my name another day. I said I wasn't said I wasn't on it, so I'm good to go. I, you know, I, I was thinking, I was actually thinking yesterday while I was sitting in my deer stand. I was thinking how like backwards it is that we fear the government. I was thinking it should be the exact opposite. If you were in government and you held a position within the United States government, you should be so afraid that you're going to do something that pisses the people off and that they're going to come and freaking string you up for it. Or how about just you'll lose your job for it? Why don't we start there? Yeah, like, but... You, like you won't have a career. And well, yeah, that, that too. You'll or, be removed that from office. Yeah, you'll be removed from office and yeah. you'll be put on trial for the things that you do and potentially spend the rest of your life in prison. Yeah. Like... I, I just I was trying to picture myself as warlord of the earth and I was like if I got elected to warlord of the earth I would be like I would be so fearful of the people that I was going to do something that made the people mad and that they were going to come and string me up but see we are totally flip-flopped we are afraid that our government's coming to get us they should be afraid that we are coming to get them at any moment. And every decision that they make should be based off of that deep residing fear within them that if they sell us out, which they sell us out every single day, our government is guilty of no telling how many freaking thousands of accounts of treason against the American people. They sell out your interests. They sell out your security. They sell out your privacy. They sell out your freedom, they sell all, they, and you know, they sell it out for their own personal gain. They do it every single day. They're treasonous. What is this episode titled? What? Lawlessness. Lawlessness or freedom, right? This is something my dad told me the other day. He said, you, I, I said, when he told me he found himself, it was on that watch list. I said, yeah, we're all on a watch list. He said, you know, that's wild. You get on a watch list for just, just believing like, Americans should believe. Yeah. Like, that that gets you on a watch list. See, people all the time, man, I, I think many people, and I addressed this very briefly on my truck talk yesterday, I think many people conf are, are living in a place where they confuse someone who is promoting freedom and liberty and American values and, and the principles of the Constitution they confuse that with someone who is lawless. 
we have we've got the two things confused to where you look at someone who's saying who's promoting liberty and you see them as a lawless individual because they are not obeying the rules of a tyrannical illegitimate government i told you guys in truck talk why don't you go back to your pledge of allegiance you guys all remember did y'all say the pledge of allegiance in school yeah i didn't like it did you baby yeah always blake did you yeah. yeah there was a little flag you remember it'd be up on the corner of the chalkboard and you'd have to stand up every morning and part of your pledge of allegiance was one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all that if you want to uh, if that's the allegiance that i said every single morning when i was growing up standing in the classroom one nation under god if you have a nation that claims to be under god what does that mean if you're under god that means you derive your authority from god that means that the laws that govern the nation are derived from the one whom you claim you are under as soon as a nation totally departs from the law of god and begins to promote things like perversion like um all, all, all like legitimate freaking sexual perversion like pedophiles like all like we see in so many areas where we have departed from the law of God, whom we say we are under as a nation, as soon as you do that, you you have just made yourself illegitimate. I I don't I don't pledge my allegiance to you anymore. You see what I'm saying? So you look at me, and you think somebody like me. You think a patriot of their nation who stands upon the allegiance that they took. You 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 you're so freaking twisted. That you see people like me as lawless rebels and you don't understand you're so backwards all that we're doing is pointing out the lawlessness of the government who we have chose to freaking ignore because they because they are illegitimate by the definition of the pledge one nation under God with liberty and justice. Do you think that this nation stands for justice? Are you freaking serious? Do you think that there's anything just about this nation, especially when you're looking at the federal level? There's no justice for all. Liberty for all. Are you serious? Liberty? You don't even, you, you're not even allowed to own personal property. They tell you what you can do with your land. They tell you, you got to get permits for everything that you do. You got to have tags and titles and you got to pay taxes on everything that you do. One nation for liberty and justice for all. No, sir. I do not recognize the authority of a freaking government who has departed from the foundations of which it began and of which I have sworn liberty to or, or allegiance to. And you want to call me lawless. You're, you're backwards in your thinking and you're a coward. And, and 
And you want to ask me how I reconcile this with my faith? You want to ask me how I reconcile this with my faith? What, what, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep going along with this? You're just going to keep going along with the perversion and the corruption and the freaking tyranny and, and, and the treason? You're just going to keep going along with it? Well, I, I guess that's what the SS did for Hitler, isn't it? I guess they just went ahead and did what you want me to do. Get your freaking thinking right, man. The crap is wrong with you guys. Freaking put me on a list, man. Go ahead. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm on a list, but I'm definitely getting sued. So, What does anybody else, does anybody else have any thoughts on this discourse that I, that I just laid out here? Because people want to, people. What are you going to do? People want to quote. Well, I tell you, I tell you, the first thing, the first thing you can start start doing is you can start talking about it, and you can quit being a coward. Yeah, and you can quit saying, "Ah, nah, I'm going to just hang. I'm just going to kind of hang out." You know, look, the first thing, the literal, the base level thing that you can do is start talking about it. Okay, that's how. That's how the. Well, if we want to talk about the, the the origins of the United States of America, how did the revolution start? Yep, agreed. It started with people meeting in taverns and talking about it. However, so, you, okay, so maybe that's what a lot of people need to do that are afraid to talk about it. But what do you need to do now that you've talked about it ad nauseum and it becomes <laughs> to the point where you're just complaining about the state that you're in? Without saying what you're going to do about it. Like, th- that's the thing, man. I, and I think if you don't have a solution, then it's fine to say, hey, I, we ain't got the solution yet. But, like, at cer- at a certain point, you have to realize that, that this is the way that it is because it's how everything shakes out in every arena of life. The powerful, the people who decide that they're going to take power and control, that that's who gains power. I mean, that that's what's happened with the devol- devolution of American government. I mean, it, people just say, okay, here's an avenue to take some more power. I'm going to take it. 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 And then the people that there's just people, uh, you just let it happen. I mean, that that's how it works. Like this is not, it shouldn't be confusing why this has happened. It's undesirable. I don't like it either. I'm not defending it, but you. it has to be met with more power. The solu- so the solution you're talking about, the solution comes by way of talking about it. Well, that that's that's yeah, how up the to a certain comes. point, but then you're just talking. Well, people, people, and, and this, these, these talks. Ultimately, talk has to bleed into action. So when you've talked about it enough, and everyone knows that it's bad, let's rehash for the millionth time that it's bad. Oh, it's bad. Hey, it's bad, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, we've done that. I mean, how many more? T- I, how many more times do I have to say it's bad? We need to do something. Yeah. Well, so, the, the the thing. The, so you're you're right, but the the reality is, nobody. I don't believe anyone is actually going to do something. Uh, but, well, so Blake said just a minute ago, it ain't time yet, and he's right. It's right now. It's time to be talking about it. Uh, people ain't gonna do something 
Till they're forced to. Until they start, yes, and, and like it, literally for yeah, I mean, and when they start getting a little hungry, yeah, when 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 they can't just live life the way that they, it, the reason no one's doing anything is because there is still enough comfort. We see every time, but see that's you realize that that is what they're. You're exactly right. They're not. They're 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 trying. It's a beautiful strategy. Their hardest attempt right now is so that it never does get to that point. It's a beautiful strategy. It, if so, you're exactly right. We are all waiting for. They that, mess up when that happens. We are all waiting for this like one moment that says, "Okay, now it's time." Like now, now we're we're suffering here. Now it's time. Their goal is to never let that moment happen. Their goal is to continue to take away your freedom, little by little, and always give you the option to still maintain some level of comfort. So we're going to take this from you, but you can choose to listen to us and you can still stay pretty comfortable. They don't want the thing to happen. You're exactly right. Well, that's why it's been this slow. It's almost painfully slow. Yep. It's almost like this is ridiculous. Yep. It's a, it's so it's like how you age. Day to day, it's indiscernible. Mm -hmm. But if you snap your fingers and ten years go by, you're like, I don't even look like the same person. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what this is doing. Day to day, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. But it's all changing. Yep. And it's going to that point of where they're, you know, the point of no return or whatever. But that's what I'm saying, man. Like the talking and, and people would hear me say, oh, you're saying stop talking and start a revolution, some revolution that ain't going to even work at this point. I mean, what, 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 no one can articulate what that would even look like to be successful. They can talk about what it would kind of look like for this to happen with it. It wouldn't be successful. It takes absolute nationwide compliance to be successful. It can't just be a small unit here and a small unit there. I think you disagree with that, but that just that doesn't work. It doesn't work in the end. It ultimately comes back right back to where it is now. Ultimately, yes. And I, but I don't even. I'm not even talking about a full reset, recycle, get back to this because obviously that would happen. You're foolish if you don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, like the position it's in now, they like to take the kind of power you're talking about back. They th th there has to be more vulnerabilities than there are, in my opinion. Everything's been set in place per up to this point. It's taken this long, but eventually it gets to the point where it's like, okay, we're we're set in place. To where we're almost impervious to an actual revolution. The technology gets to a point, it's almost, I mean, I'm not saying that's impossible, literally impossible, but it, you get to a point where it, you're basically impervious to it. it. It would be, it would be extremely difficult. I'll agree with you on that point. It would be extremely difficult. I mean, it, it, and as time passes, it gets more and more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that point. I mean, it's just, that's just the point of it. I mean, so so the talk is like, if you're going to talk, I mean, you'd have to start talking about actual strategy then and not just, oh, it's bad. <laughs> Jeez, it's bad. Yeah. I paid another yeah, well, uh, uh, year of taxes. It's bad. Uh, obviously, the strategy part is very important. 
Obvious, that has to happen. Obviously, but the strategy part is not part of discourse on public platforms. Well, that's the part. Yeah, that certainly, you, that's the part that that is not being discussed on public platforms. It is important, and I think it is being discussed, and it is being thought about, and it will be continued to be discussed in the future. But you will not see the strat the execution of the strategy. Until well, I know that's happening. That happens. I know it's happening. So, but, but it's. I don't think it's on the, the level that it. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just the, the biscuit. You and I were talking about this the other day. The drastic shift that happened in 2020 and 2021. You remember that? I think. Remember so. that conversation we had about just. The drastic shift, I think we were talking about just on people's perspective of. Oh, yes. that uh, People, we were saying that you, we were saying if there was a draft, our conversation went to, this is kind of a sidebar, but like if there was a draft and young people right now had to go fight for our country, like when we were young, I definitely, like elementary school, middle school, like had an identity in my country, if that makes any sense. Like I was kind of, I still had that, like I'm proud to be an American. I'm an American. I'm with the USA. And you, nobody identifies with this country anymore. It's like the people, the U.S. government. And the U.S. government is an entity that we're all slaves to. And I feel like that goes for both right and left people. Like, everybody is fed up with our government. And it's not like we're not on the same page on most things, but I don't see anybody identifying or there's no there's no healthy nationalism. I don't see any. It is wild. Yeah, I, I think in 2020 and 2021, I agree with you. I lost any and all identity with my nationality. Like, pride in being American, being proud of, of your country. Like, whereas before there was still some of that. Um, obviously I served in the U S military. I literally would not serve the, in the military right now. Would not, would not period. There's just no way. Uh, I actually, I, I yeah, it, it was weird because during those times, during those years, I, I was actually just thinking deeply about these things and what was going on in my own mind. And I was to the point where it's like, we just need to scrap the whole daggone, the whole, even the, the, the name United States of America. I had, all that just needs to be scrapped because I just forgot even what it meant. Um, well, we were talking about how during... 9-11 there seemed to be this resurgence like you were talking about how, patriotism yes and people were like lining up people were going and joining the military like the next day like they were fired up to go people were putting their american flags up yes they were fi and like i just don't i just can't see and it maybe it's a cultural thing but i but i think that's also a a plot and a ploy like i think mm. the government doesn't want 
this generation coming up to be proud to be an American and really know what it means. Have you guys seen the videos? There's a lot of them of people walking around like New York City or Seattle and asking like 16 to 25 year olds questions about like what happened in 1776 or like just foundational questions about our country. And these, they have no clue. Like literally, they can't answer any of the questions. Like they don't know. And I think that that's like, that's what they want. Like they don't want people coming up to know about the foundations of this country and what it means to be an American and what the constitution means and what it says. And why would they want anybody to know that? That's just going to degrade with mm. time. You that's know? scary, man. That's, that's a freaking crazy thing. Oh, uh, so we'll, so we'll, we'll teach, uh, we'll force you to, to learn a foreign language in high school, but right. we won't teach you the history of your country. Well, they'll crucify everybody for what we did to the native Americans and slavery. And it'll be this big victimized thing with how awful our history is. But they won't talk about the... History's a funny thing, too. It just is whatever people make it up to be, right? Nah, no. Uh, that's what I've said. There's there's records. My entire life. Yeah. I mean, there are... I mean, when you look at history... Oh, gosh. You're going to sit here and tell me that we know history for a fact. That's what you're going to sit here and tell me? You're going to tell me that you know who did this in 1776 at the Battle of Hall. I mean, <laughs> you don't know, man. It's because the winner, it's because the winners write the history. Yeah. The, they, they write their version of the story. It's, it's No doubt history is biased. I've been, I've been torched for that for years. For not believing in history, period? I mean, well, believing it. Like, look. If you just take history at face value, you just like, well, this is what happened then in 1390. Like, all right. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, that because that's, you know, that's what it said. Like, well, history is interpreted through historians and given to yeah. us via documentaries, textbooks, articles, and these historians. <laughs> that's like that's like a scientist. Well, I'm just saying it's people. It's people. Ninety percent of scientists agree I'm, in climate change. I am saying that. And ninety percent of historians believe. I don't think it's. I don't think it's reliable. We used to, we used to be lemurs. I'm gonna. I'm gonna punch him. Can Did I? It, can I tell you though what what my concern is about what you guys were talking about earlier, darling? You can say whatever you want, uh, darling. I think that what you guys are saying is correct, that when times got hard, that's when people would be ready for action. I also think there's another scenario that could play out that would bring people together enough to make a change. But I think the first people to get something started for change, and I'm not advocating for violence, I'm just saying in general, like the first wave of people would probably be sacrifices before before something gained enough momentum to where people felt like okay this is this is a worthy cause like this is going to go somewhere and so i selfishly don't want to be a part of that first wave of mm. people that lose everything mm -hmm. and that might die <laughs> mm -hmm. you know i'm like why do, like can someone else get this started and then i'll jump in on the back end and i'll be in the middle of the pack like well 
please. Thank good, you. Good, good point. I mean, according to history, what happened to our the founding fathers of this nation who were on the front, the, the tip of the spear of the revolution? Their farms were burned to the ground. Their lives were ruined. They had to be in hiding. Yeah. Their family, their family members were persecuted. Um, all of that did happen. That's exactly right. And yeah, when you when you ask yourself, will I am I willing to give up this relatively comfortable life that I live here? Am I willing to give up my position and even potentially my life Mm. for the life and liberty of the generations that will come after me? And that was going to be my next question to y'all would be like, what, what would your, and that falls back to the patriotism that we're lacking. It's like, it's a terrible cycle of if we don't have that ingrained patriotism and we can't. It's just I don't know. Well, I think I think that determination would be made by the amount of hope that an individual possessed for their efforts to not be in vain. Mm. If if they decided to lay down their life, typically people who come to that decision that they're willing to do that, they have hope that it will pay off. Yeah. It will it's not going to be in vain. So if everybody is dispirited and nihilistic to the point that they think, well, yeah, I, I mean, I would be willing to do that, but it ain't going to do no good. So why would I? Why would I do it then? Mm-hmm. Then that's not going to happen. But I also want to make a point yeah. that I think I think it's totally possible that there is another wave of nationalism in America. What would bring it, that it's, about? It's, it's happening in other countries, and I think it will be used uh, for the benefit of the same people who are benefiting now of everything else. Mm, it will be possible. it will be used for the purposes to accomplish some end that that backfires on. I mean, yeah, that, Wait, that's been seen a lot. Can you tell me more about like you're saying the government will try to use it? Well, I think even nine eleven was an example of we. Why do you have an endless war in Afghanistan? What was the point of that? Everyone, well, everyone tried to, everyone tried to look at that through some logical lens of, well, what the crap, man? What was the, you know? America was trying to do this and do that, and they failed. Well, they didn't fail. Everyone acts like America lost the war, the war on terror, and everything. No, they didn't. You're basing that off of they they were trying to achieve what you wanted to achieve. The people who were making the decisions there, it seems pretty clear, got really rich. They got everything they wanted out of that. Yep. That's why it took so long. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're basing that we lost. Well, yeah, we lost. Uh, that, that, uh, and more so, the people who served and, and, yeah, no, that's who lost. The people who made that, that decision, if you want to say it like that, no, they won. That, that war was very beneficial. So the patriotism that that was garnered after 9-11 was capitalized on very efficiently. Yeah. So I think that will, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be utilized again. Yeah. Uh, I, I Whether I, it's a planned event or not, it doesn't really matter. That will still be capitalized on to benefit 
the people who are benefiting now off of everything that you're already pissed about. I don't see how nationalism could become a thing again because I feel like oh, it would just take something. It would take us being attacked. Yeah, I don't. Ever, I think it would happen really quick. I I even saw a little spike uh, in what we would call patriotism or American pride when when you've got nations like I like Iran just in the past few weeks chanting in their parliament yep. death to America. Yeah, it already happens. Yeah, you already see it, a and then you see people saying it w w there's nothing that will get you more fired up at least the people down around here where we live than to have another nation chanting death to america yep. because then you have americans saying oh hold up we're americans screw you man and, and people begin to feel this sense of pride in being an American. And then that can be taken and wielded by the powers that be yeah. in order to carry out their agendas globally. Yeah, because you got to understand, too, I think you're thinking of nationalism in the sense of that you're happy or pleased with your government and you're willing to go fight for them. No, when you're attacked like that and you have a foreign nation yelling death to America, they're not saying death to the United States government. They're saying death to you. People take that personally. Yeah. When the country's attacked, that government bad, good, in, or not, that puts their family at risk. Fight for that. So that's how nationalism, or maybe a, whatever you want to call it, a, a different sense of nationalism, still works out to be nationalism, comes about. Uh, I can see that happening. and I Indubitably. Can, and I can see that very easily orchestrated. Yeah. By, well, certainly. It's, that's not hard. Yeah, very easily orchestrated. Yeah, when the, you know, if it was orchestrated, it would be the timing would need to be good and probably would be. So, yep. So, we need to remember who our real enemies are. And we need to band together as a nation around that. Well, that's what I was going to say. That when I try to envision what you guys are talking about, I think like it requires some unity and I just can't at this point, it's hard for me to envision even down the road like this. To me, we have this clear line between left and right right now. And I they just won't like I don't think they would even identify with. <sighs> I, I also think. Um, I think that clear line you're talking about post 2020 and 2021 was blurred a little bit. I also think this view of there are so many people on what you're calling the left and what's traditionally called the left, it, it, it is portrayed as if there are an equal amount or more people on the left as are on the right. I think that is a psyop. I think that there are very few Americans who actually believe on the extreme left of issues that we hear about in the media. I believe I don't believe there are as many people who promote sexual perversion and who promote the uh, the taking of an experimental drug and socialism. Um, socialism. All, I think there are there are some people that are like that. But it is portrayed as if, as if there are more of them than more of us. And I don't think that's true. I think that's a psyop.
the upcoming I haven't met a young person in the South recently who isn't very, very liberal. Like I'm talking about probably twenty six and under. They well, all seem to have adopted that. I no, I can't I and I can't speak for for the upcoming generation, but what I guess I'm speaking on behalf of my peers, the people that I know mm-hmm. that that I come in contact with, that I communicate with, who are the same age or at least generally plus or minus ten years yeah. as I am. So it's your bubble. I mean everybody's in there. Well the cool thing that is, is true. I mean everybody is in there. I don't spend much time in LA. The good thing yeah. is most of the liberals don't own guns anyway. So they're not going to be a part of anything. You know what I mean? They're just going to be sitting ducks in whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them all have low testosterone. They couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> um, that is a good point. That's so bad. That is a good point. <laughs> I don't think that they all have low testosterone. I'm just, I'm saying most of them don't believe in owning guns. Oh, they do. I heard, I heard my buddy Andy the other day talking about oh, uh, this um, thing that they did where they gave, uh, they had a, a control group of, uh, I don't even want to say the word liberal. I hate that word. They had a control group of people who were liberal and they actually leftists and they actually <laughs> put them on testosterone replacement therapy and no, this is not. And true. they became conservative. This is the lie, <laughs> Andy. He is that's the lie. Well, if Dang. that was the case, you and me'd be really liberal right now. We got low T. That's not true. <laughs> hey man, I'm just telling you what I heard on. I'm just telling you what I heard on Andy's podcast. Uh, I don't know. We'd have to look that study up. You might want to check the credentials in that study. <laughs> you know. You know what I was? I, you're ridiculous. You know what I was thinking about the other day? I was daydreaming. I saw something. I I am guilty of totally removing myself from politics and news and just staying out of everything because I'm lazy and I don't want to engage because I just hate it. But something came across my phone on Joe Biden, and I was just like, "Who's that? How how has JB he homeboy? How has he not been impeached?" And then I just started dream daydreaming about like. What even if they did a poll right now of how many people in this country have faith that our president is is running this country well, right, left, I don't care who you are, it would be freaking terrible. Like our whole country would probably be like, no, the man's like senile. It's not his fault. He's old. So, but hold on. So my thought was like, it's just, it doesn't, we don't have control like we think we do. Like, oh no, we no, you're exactly right. We don't. Did you like, say did you, did you say my truck talk that came out the day before yesterday when I talked about is your, does your vote yeah. count? It did was a watch? masterpiece. Oh my god. It was a masterpiece. <laughs> it didn't get any views and it pissed a lot of people off, but it was an absolute masterpiece. You're you're exactly well, right. People get riled up about voting. If if, if, if you think oh god that your vote <laughs> means anything at all, you are delusional. You, well, uh, the re- I think the reason people, I think people believe that. I hope we're getting some super chats, by the way, because I know this episode is going to be demonetized. So we you got guys, over a thousand on here. You right guys now. help us out, please. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You better hope my grandma's not listening to this. Well, people that defend the fact that saying that voting does matter. I mean, they are they are operating off of the belief that. Your votes are 
are counted and the people who are running are legitimate candidates, not in the pocket of anybody else. Mm. And 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 uh, and and it's not possible. And working under their own volition. I mean, it, you know, you have to make a lot of assumptions to think your vote does matter. So, if you believe those assumptions, then I I, I, I got some really mean messages. Can I ask a question though, <laughs> babe? For real, let me ask a question. About, so well, I'm saying that it what, does. What? And then I have you ask your question, then I have a Joe Biden story I want to tell. Okay. If what is wrong with voting anyway? Oh no, go! I I told the people on my video, y'all go ahead, keep voting. Nothing's wrong with it. Go ahead, keep voting. No different than wasting your time doing something else. Yeah. No different than sitting here uh, scrolling Instagram or something well, like that. I'm confused why people that act they act like you don't participate if you don't vote. I say I vote every year. I voted every year of my life. I want nobody to win the election that is going on, so I vote for nobody. I go in there, I cast my vote for nobody. I mean, I don't know why that's not participating. I think it's participating. Well, that's part of the puppetry is they give you two terrible options. And the libertarian's just a joke. They would never let that happen. But they say, here's your two options. Pick. And it's like, we should have at least eight people to choose from in an election. The minimum. Like, why? It's just a trap. Yeah, and you shouldn't need billions of dollars Correct. to be able to run exactly. for, for oh, president a, of the United that's States. That's a great conversation. It's absolutely. Yes. It, with, with, the, with, yes. with our ability now through technology to create our own platforms, yep. to spread our own message, why do I need billions of dollars? You got to pay the RNC or yeah, the DNC. Exactly. Exactly. It's so It dumb. is a freaking scam, dude. It's and y'all y'all all just believe in it. Not all of y'all. Some of y'all are smart enough. Um, I want to tell a Joe Biden story real quick. Um, so you know uh Biscuit, you have a grandmother who is far along in years and she's eighty nine on Saturday. No, I'm talking about I'm not talking about grandmommy. Oh. I'm talking about your other grandmother. Oh. Okay. I have three, so that's good. We're not singling out anybody. Yeah, yeah. So okay. your other grandmother, she's far along in years. She She's kind of getting to the point where she's incoherent. She has dementia. That's right. And yeah. and so like... Explain to the folks at home what dementia is. <laughs> Why are you it's having like, him do that? It's like she, she can't really carry on a, okay. a, a conversation, right? So, because I didn't know what it was, she she uh, a, a year or two ago she came over to the house for a holiday, mm -hmm. and when she came over, you kind of we just kind of set up a chair for her. You remember? Yeah. We like set up a chair for her over in, you know, on the side of the room, and that's just kind of where she sat, and everybody else just kind of make this. Meal, just you know, no, this is true. Enjoyed the holiday, and you know, every now and then you'd go by to be nice and say hey to grandma, but you knew she didn't really know who you were or what you were saying anyway. Just like a trinket on the shelf, yeah. people would go <laughs> by and visit. Like, that's hey, ter that's terrible. Wow. So, it's <laughs> terrible. I, I give that example because essentially what we have right now is that type of person, mm. literally in the highest position of office in the land. 
We, we, we literally have someone who is leading our country who, if he, if he came to our Thanksgiving gathering, you would set him up a chair <laughs> with blankets over in the corner, and he would just sit there, and everyone would kind of ignore him because it was so awkward when you tried to say anything to him because you'd know he couldn't respond to you, nor did he even know who on earth you were. And that is the person who is leading our nation. Who's running again? Yes. That's the most insane it is, but, freaking it is thing mind I've ever heard. Boggling. But can I ask a, a question? If that, like, <laughs> <laughs> look, everyone will acknowledge that that may, oh, they go, I mean, I've been saying my whole life, don't you think that the president's just a puppet? Don't you think all these elected officials are just doing the whims of other people? Well, Everyone now, when you see Joe Biden in there, you go, well, it has to be true that he's a puppet because he can't even function. But doesn't that also further prove my point about everybody else, including the people he's running against? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think they've maintained their autonomy? I mean, they're running against the man. Oh, like, well, what? according to YouTube, Trump has. <laughs> I mean, based on what? Uh, Trump has. Based on what? Donald J. Trump, the savior of the world, son. <laughs> Lord. Oh, like, well, yeah. What's the evidence? Come on, people. That, that anybody's maintained their autonomy in that position. There, there is no autonomy. Our government is is infiltrated by corporations, and like, it's too. There's like you guys are saying, there would have to be a complete reset for us to ever be able to have full faith in anybody in our government in a leadership position that they're doing things out of good intentions and not because of greed and power. Just is not what it's not possible. Well, no need to vote for that puppet Joe Biden. Vote for one of the other ones. But can we vote for Trump? That's what I no, say. Uh, <laughs> no, don't. Wow, vote He's, for one of the he, other. Ones. He did that just to fire some people. Dude, up. You want to talk about? You want to talk about making people mad? You talk. You talk. You say anything bad about Donald Trump or Ford trucks? <laughs> Son, you will make you will get some people fired up. Well, I will say, getting fired up about that is a good way to defend yourself against saying that you don't worship the man. That is a good way. Yeah, that is a good way. Probably yeah. the your best bet to prove your point that you don't do that is to just get so dang angry and just start going off the rails. That's probably a good way to do it. That is true. Can I just say though that I feel really bad for Joe Biden? Like, I feel bad that in his, like, last decade of life and his body and mind are deteriorating, that he has to do it publicly in front of everybody, and he doesn't really seem like he knows what's going on. And, like, he, he's a person. Ah, he wanted his whole life to be he's, the president. He, he is a wicked, evil human being. But his kid, you don't know about his family. Like, just, I'm not, I am not saying he's not. I've never met the guy. Um, but I think they're using him. At this point, yeah. in his state, I think he's just being used. I think Satan is using him. Yeah. Well, that's a little, a little wild, <laughs> but yeah. Got, got uh, a I crazy. was I was gonna make another point on here, but um, I guess we'll get into the word real quick. I was gonna make another political point, but we'll save that for next week. Well, don't get into it real quick. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm transitioning here. We're yeah. transitioning to the word. All right, we're transitioning to the word. 
For you guys who aren't uh, following my other YouTube channel, my personal channel, ChadRide278, and for you guys that aren't on Instagram, I want to tell you this story uh, of something that happened to me last week, and then I want to read some scripture to you. Uh, it And I haven't really been able to get it off my mind. Me and Biscuit did a hard workout Saturday morning. It's a good workout, wasn't it? It was a great workout. And somehow I got convinced of uh, going to eat breakfast afterwards. So went to eat Where breakfast. Uh, Blossom Hill. Okay. Yep, went to eat. I ate that daggone chicken biscuit, man. Um, that thing will stick to your ribs, buddy. We got done eating breakfast, and I'm walking down the sidewalk to go back to my truck there in town, and this homeless, presumably homeless guy walks up to me. Unhoused. Unhoused. Un I, I, you know, I don't know what his living situation is, but the dude was definitely going through some hard times, all right? Explain to the folks at home what unhoused means. <laughs> he, he was... He was you, you could you could tell this guy he had his wits about I mean he he could talk but he he had some stuff going on. He I don't I don't know if it was I I, I we won't go into that. But anyways, the guy walks up to me and asks me if I have any food. And I thought that was pretty interesting anyways because most of the time I'm approached it's do you have some money? This guy asked me, do you have some food? And uh, that struck me as kind of odd. Well, I didn't have I, I didn't have anything on me. Had my workout clothes on, so I told him, no, man, I don't have any food. And uh, I'd start walking to my truck, and I remembered I had my, my snacks in my truck. And so I went over, dug these snacks out of my truck, and uh, find the dude again. And I gave him a handful of protein bars, and uh, meat sticks, or one meat stick, two protein bars. And I was like, here you go, man. I hope this ties you over for a little bit. And the dude, like, as soon as I handed him this protein bar, immediately opens it and starts eating it. Like, the dude was legitimately hungry. And I said, all right. Went and got my truck, was riding down the road, got about a mile down the road, and... In my mind, this thought pops into my head. And it, the thought was, Chad, when are you going to get it, man? When are you going to get it? Because I, I left out of there feeling good that I actually made the F, extra effort to go to my truck, dig my snacks out, find that dude again, and make sure to give him some food. And so I'm, I'm having this thought that is completely contrary to what I felt about the situation that, that had just happened, right? So where did that thought come from? When, when, when you hear a Christian say, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, a lot of you guys don't, you can't, you don't understand what is meant by that. It's when you're in a situation where you have a thought that stops you in your tracks and it's completely contrary to what you were thinking. Does that make sense, Blake? Yeah. Okay. So I will say the Holy Spirit of Christ who is in me stops me in my tracks with this thought, when are you going to get it? Well, I didn't know what that meant at first. I didn't know what that meant at first. 
And literally within seconds after I'm saying, what, what does this mean? Within seconds, I think, why did you not share the bread of life with this man? Why, why did you withhold the bread of life that you partake in every single day that sustains you every single day? Y'all know that y'all know that song. Who's the guy that wrote Richmond North of Richmond? Oliver Anthony. Y'all know that song. Uh, he wrote he wrote another one. It says, um, "If it weren't for my old dog and the good Lord, I'd probably end up in a psych ward." That's me. Except for goats instead of dogs. yeah. If it weren't for my goats and the good Lord, I'd probably be in a psych ward. I partake in the bread of life every single day, and I withheld that from this man and here's it it it, it is it is the see i'm always asking christ to conform me into the likeness of his image i'm always asking christ jesus to use me in some way and he puts this situation right in front of me and makes me realize chad after all these years man you still don't get it you you still don't actually desire to be like me you don't you still just want to be left alone man you're busy you're too busy right when you gonna get it man and if it crushed me dude and this concept of the bread of life i knew it was in scripture but i didn't know where i know where it's at now because i went and found it I want to read it to you guys. It's in John chapter 6. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He said it. Now, he goes on in this discourse to explain what he means by this. And uh, it shook everybody up. And when he explains what he means about being the bread of life, people are looking at him and saying, this is a hard saying right here. Who can hear it? And Jesus looked back back at them, and guess what he said? Does this offend you? Does this offend you? And it says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Why do you think that was, like, hard for them? Oh, well, listen to the way that he said it. This is the way, this is the way he said it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Now he's going back to the Old Testament when Moses led the people out of Egypt and God provided tangible bread for them to eat. This is the bread which came down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread. Here he says it again. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. 
And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, here's the hard part. Jesus starts saying this. And the Jews strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? See, they didn't understand what he was saying. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye shall have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by my Father, so he that eateth me, he shall never, or he shall live by me, or because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat the manna and are dead, but he that eats of this bread shall live forever. Don't you think that's what they had trouble with? That's exactly what why, they had trouble why with. Why do you think that Jesus chose to word it like that and not mention like the upcoming sacrifice or not like allude to like, why did he choose to make it controversial and like hard for people to wrap their heads around? You got anything on that chill? Well, I, I don't. I don't think that was that all that confusing what he meant. Well, they didn't know what they were like. They didn't know yet what he was going to do. So that like they didn't have context for what they meant by eating his flesh. I do think they had a little bit more idea of what he was talking about by the end of it. I think they knew pretty clearly that he was saying that he was God and then that troubled them. So you think think that's what troubled them? Not that he was saying, drink my blood and eat my skin. I think, I think it was both for different I, people. I mean, I think by the end of it, they kind of grasped that I he didn't was think about he that. was saying, "I am God," and they were like, Ugh, "Don't like that." I mean, I think I think that was the primary problem. I mean, I think that was fairly well understood. There's a note here, and by the way, a lot of you guys ask me what Bible I recommend. Well, the Bible that I read most is uh, the this is a Henry Morris Study Bible. It's in the King James Version, but hey, man, just get you a Bible, man. I prefer the King James Version Bible because I think it's a beautiful language. I, I think the way it is written is beautiful. I'm used to reading it. Um, it I can understand it. If that's hard for you, look at the new King James Version. It's a little bit easier and written in a little easier uh, way for maybe you to understand with the language that we use today. But the reason I like the Henry Moore Study Bible is because there is a lot of commentary. Now, I don't take the commentary as gospel, right? I don't take the, I don't put the commentary on the same level as I put the Word of God. I want you guys to understand that. So if you get a Bible that has commentary in it, take the commentary with a grain of salt. But there is some good commentary in these Bibles, and, and I like the way Henry Morris thinks about things. It helps me understand things, all right? But understand, the commentary is not always going to be 100% accurate, but there is some in here. Uh, he writes in, a, in I, I guess, in reference to your question, it should be obvious here that Christ is speaking of the symbolic food and drink represented by his flesh and blood. It would be cannibalistic, even if it were physically possible, to actually eat and drink his physical flesh and blood. He made this clear in John 6.63 when he explained, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
the spiritual concept was later to be incorporated in the institution of the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, explained in verses 23 through 26. It is, um, it, you know, it is interesting to me how Jesus taught so much. And now this is not a parable, but the way that he taught was like nearly in nearly holy in parables. And, and that is explained. The reason why Jesus taught that way is explained. And it is actually a fulfillment of prophecy that was predicted in the old Testament about his life that seeing they should not see and hearing they should not hear. There are prophecies that predicted things about how Jesus was actually going to talk and teach. And he fulfilled that by the way he taught people and talked while he was here. But outside of that, the creator of the universe, when he decided how all this was going to go, decided that that was going to be how he spoke for some reason. Yeah. But like, I understand he speaks in parables and I like, I, I know enough of the Bible to know that I'm just saying in that instance, if I was one of those guys or people present, I would think of cannibalism and I would be like, yeah, what this yeah. guy like. And so it is, it's really interesting to me that he would be that extreme in his symbolism at risk of like running people away like at like a you know i would i would think that with his mission he would want things to be really easy and welcoming and i guess that's not i saw i just saw you respond i, I it's such an awesome that you it's such an awesome thought that you said that because when i read that i actually thought man you know what jesus thinned the herd quite often he did. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think about it in context of, of uh, now for us, whether it's social media or YouTube or whatever, there, there are things that I say and post about that I know this is going to thin the herd, and I'm cool with that, man. Now, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. Jesus was thinning the herd because he knew that he needed the right, well, he knew he wanted the right people, right? Oh, I mean, Jesus is who he was. He, he wasn't doing that to thin the herd. That was just who he was, and by product, it, it thinned, thinned the, the herd. herd. He was operating out of truth and out of who he was called to be. And, you know, I think teaching through parables and symbolism is because we can't understand something that is not in our realm. How can we understand heavenly things by not have not by living on earth. That's a good point. And so well, he, he, many times he's relating, okay, this is what it's like in heaven, but you can't understand that. So let me explain it to you through agriculture or through uh, relationship or, food or relationship or, or anything like that. And, and I think this specific example speaks to the e extreme, you know, like he's telling that he's using this to say, you, you're going to have to go to this extreme of, of actually consuming my flesh, drinking my blood, and taking me in, being everything that I have, you know? And so... And when you said that, like the extreme, it kind of, I, I hadn't think of thought about it before, but it almost is like a preparation for how extreme his sacrifice really was. Like, if you can't get on board with that, you can't get on board with watching what happened to him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they're both, the reality of what he is alluding to is also really extreme and gruesome and disturbing. So 
is it like really yeah. weird that he used that language? Like, and thank you for correcting me on that, Blake. You're exactly right. Jesus wasn't making an effort to thin the herd. He was just operating out of truth, which truth thins the herd. Yeah. So that was a that was really good. That you, I'm glad you chimed in on that. Um, for me, this thing, this saying of Jesus here, obviously is very understandable to me uh, because it is his flesh in which he allowed to be crucified on the cross and it is his blood which was shed on my behalf that literally sustains me every single day it is the bread of life for me personally that is what sustains me um i believe that it is what is meant to sustain every human being who is alive on the face of the earth right now and back to my story i don't even take my faith serious enough i am so stinking selfish and self-centered and concerned about my own self-interest and my own time that I will not take the time or put myself in any sort of uncomfortable position in order to share the bread that is given to me every day that sustains my life with someone who doesn't have that. With someone who's hungry for earthly food, and yes, I should have met that man's need if I I had the resources to do it. I should have done that. But that was the opportunity that I asked for to also share the bread of life, which is the flesh and the blood of Christ that was crucified on the cross for our behalf and which will sustain you and me and everyone else who partakes in it. But I don't want to do that. After all these years, man, I still don't get it. You want to talk about something that I can't that I ain't been able to get off my mind for since uh Saturday morning. That's what's been on my mind. I bet you can go find that feller. I bet he doesn't have I, a big I, radius down there. Trust me. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. But that's what's on my mind. And it's not even about the the actual work of what you did or what you didn't do. And to me it's more about just a reflection of where you're at like where you where your mind was at, you know? Yeah. And so everything we do, like I would say we're not we weren't put on this earth to share Jesus with people. We weren't put on this earth to be nice to people, to be kind to people to have grace and mercy, none of those things. We're put on this earth for one reason, to have a relationship with God. And literally every single, every thought, every conversation, action, relation, everything you have is either an opportunity to represent Jesus and show his love through that situation, or it's an opportunity to be distracted from Jesus in that situation. And so... If you really boil it down, I said on Resurrected the Night, like my main thoughts for a long time have just been audience of one, just having just a single focus on only God and what pleases Him. 
and all those things of sharing the gospel, of being kind, of having grace, of having mercy, telling the truth, all of those things are a byproduct of using those situations to please God. So it's not about sharing the gospel with somebody. It's about serving God and sharing the gospel with that guy will be, you'll have so much love for Jesus, you'll say, how could I not share the gospel with him? That's the problem. That's the problem. And that's what I'm getting at. It And people, a lot of people might hear this and say, oh, well, if Chad would have shared that with him, then he would have been, he would have been good. But it's not about whether you shared it with him or not. And, and, and for me and, and everybody else, we can think about something that you should have done, maybe, you know, that you feel convicted on like oh i i should have done this but i didn't i shouldn't have told this lie but i did it's not about the act it's about the posture of your heart that it's not in alignment with god and then that yielded the result of you not sharing the gospel of you lying of you cheating stealing it whatever those are just symbols of your heart not being pure and that is true i mean to me that's the best way to simplify it down is that it's only about your relationship with God. And when that is right, everything else, all the other stuff that we think is good acts and stuff, that's just a, uh, that's just a byproduct of that. Well, well yeah, I, I agree with you, Blake. The chili hit on this before, man, on the podcast, you know, what stopped me from, from sharing the bread of life with that man, whether he wanted to receive it or not, you know, what stopped me from sharing it? See my, no, but you didn't even think about it. You didn't want to. Me. Yeah, I mean. Me. We spent the whole first part of this conversation talking about liberty and freedom. And if I, it, it, when you boil it down, what, if I ask myself a question, what do I really need to be free from? It's me. That's the ultimate thing that I need to be free from is me. Now, will I ever get completely free from me? Probably not. But that is that is what I am seeking. I am seeking to be completely free from myself because I am the one who stops myself from doing the things that I need to do. I know it's a hard saying. Well, people don't I mean you can't they don't get that until they like you can't you can it's good to talk about it. You can't convince them. And I you know, I saw that the the last thing I have to say, and then you guys can open it up or take questions from uh, YouTube, but I saw my wife last night wrestling with some things in Scripture. And Brooks always, a lot of times, she's wrestling with things in terms of faith. And I loved seeing that, man. Like, you have to. And she's not scared of it. She, she'll go in. She'll ask hard questions, and she'll give me a headache some nights, man. <laughs> Just like, holy crap, she's asking me things that I really don't fully know the answer to, but I'm trying to give her what I do know, and she's wrestling with things. And I want everybody to understand that the things that we're talking about here, being set free from yourself, understanding God's Word, uh, and all the things that we talk about, I want you to understand that most often these things are going to take time to even formulate a foundational 
understanding. Now, the good thing is, I told Brooke this last night. Faith doesn't mean that you understand everything. Having faith in Christ doesn't mean that you're totally selfless. Because that was a question you asked me last night. Well, you said these things take time. And by time, I'm talking about a lifetime. Like, you, it's, it's the finish line that doesn't exist that Chili always talks about. Right, Chili? It's the oh, yeah. finish line that doesn't exist. We're talking about a lifetime. So what about my salvation? Because I don't fully understand. Well, you can be saved by Christ. You can have faith in Christ. Faith that is enough to be saved by his grace. Even during the time that you don't understand. Because if you couldn't, we would all be screwed. All of us. So keep wrestling with these things, man. Keep seeking these things. Ask for, ask for, ask for forgiveness for your unbelief. Ask for more faith. Get in God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't mean that you understand everything. What does scripture say about faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And the evidence of things not seen. It's not your understanding. Now, as your, your understanding will increase, if you will choose to grapple with these things, it, it may only increase to just the foundational understanding. And as your understanding increases, your faith will likely also be increased by the Lord Jesus Christ at the same time. But that's not always going to look like a one-for-one trajectory because when you're grappling with things, a lot of times you're going to hit something that freaking stalls you out and, 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 you, and confuses you. And freaking, you might still be on that upward trend of grappling with it, but as you're as you get confused along the way, your faith may take a dip. And you're saying that's okay. A hundred percent. If it wasn't, we would all be screwed. How does the Bible say that we are saved? People say you can't be saved by praying a prayer. Literally, the Bible says, pray this prayer. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Repent. Turn and follow him. Not that you have to understand everything. That's it. Were you going to say something? No, I just, I think, I think the, the, the hard part for people is, I mean, I think, generally speaking that you said you know you can't people say you can't be saved by praying this prayer what well, they just basically i think they mean that just reciting something doesn't in and of itself have any validity without yes that. that's what they're getting at and so people struggle with and want to know how like what is the point where that it flips over mm -hmm. from like i don't have it but now i've got it mm -hmm. you know like what 
what amount of intent and sincereness needs yep. to be in me when I pray this prayer that it that it's like all right now it's good because you know I think I think I've heard if you spend any time in churches going to going to church your whole life you've heard that a mm. thousand times you've heard you've heard this prayer is just I mean it's meaningless without faith oh, so some- so what is so it's like and you hear people say, there's been a lot of people that have, you know, you can say this prayer, you can sit there, but if you don't have faith, then it's not, that's not what it's, it's not these words, these words, I'm just, it could be a prayer a thousand different ways. I'm just, yep. Yep. so it's like, well, then what's the point where it's like, all right, now I'm, I've yep. flipped over. Yep. So <laughs> the, the, this is where the statement that I just made could be and is being twisted. So don't think that I'm advocating for what is called cheap grace by saying that you can just say a prayer and be saved. I'm not, I am not advoc- that that is cheap grace. That is the, that is the grace of God that in, in a lot of, in a lot of congregations is being advocated from the pulpit. Say this prayer and you're good, man. Right. Cheap grace is grace without repentance. This is what we were talking cheap, about last night. Cheap grace is grace yeah. without grappling with the things that you don't understand. Cheap grace is grace without action. Repentance implies action. Right? Cheap grace is grace of God without conviction for sin. That's cheap grace. No, I'm saying you can pray this prayer and be saved. But it is going to cost you. You're going it, to, it implies, repentance implies action. It is going to cost you conviction. It is going to cost you striving against the sin that you might be bound up by when you decide to say that prayer. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you sleepless nights. It's going to cost you uncomfortable situations. You're dang right it is. And if you're experiencing that tension, if you're experiencing that conviction, if you are if you are living with a contrite and repentant heart, when you accept Christ, you are partaking in the costly grace that is imparted to you by Christ through your acceptance of him, through the prayer that you pray unto him. I hope that clears it up for y'all. Yeah, it's just I think um I think I do think it's a human desire and I don't know that it's a bad desire necessarily that we all just want it to be more easily identifiable I think for oh, others course. and for ourselves. It's like we wish there was this light bulb that sat on it's the top not. of all of our head and the people that aren't saved it's an off and then the people that <laughs> is it's glowing and so you can look in the mirror and be like yep mine's glowing theirs is glowing yep. good okay so i can get you know and then that way it's like boom we we it's all the, good well, you know or, or the, the only light bulb the the indicator is the fruits well that's what i was going to say that is exactly what i was going to say you know the actions is kind of that light bulb but it's still not this visual representation where it tells us uh, you know, narrow, narrow is the road. Narrow is the gate, and it's like few will go through it. So that's not how the spirit works. So that's when how you, we want it to work. So when you walk through life and you see everybody, you're like, 
it says that not many people are going to experience that, you know, but I can't tell, you know, when you look around, when you look at yourself, you're like, there's nothing telling me. Mm. It just says not very many. So Mm -hmm. like, who, who is it? And then that's what I was going to say is the actions is the only thing, but it's still not this concrete visual Mm -hmm. representation. Only Christ sees the, or, or we see the, we can only see the outward appearance of man. So that's where we're looking. Right. That's where we're looking. And you know why it's also tricky? Evil people can do good exactly. things. Exactly. And we can only see the outward appearance. Well, Evil people can do good things versa. and and saved people, I don't think anybody's good, can do bad things yep. and do bad things all the time. Yep. That's, that's exactly so what... So that's also why it's tricky. That's yep. what we were talking about last night is that's a rabbit hole. But what you said that people who are saved and who are indwelt with the Holy Spirit can still do bad things. And that's confusing. It's not only tricky, it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. That's that's why it is not. It, it, it is impossible for us to judge the salvation of another human being right. completely accurately. But I like what Chili said about the light bulb because that's kind of how I feel about faith. Because like you, you said, Boo, that climbing, like the grappling, and then I'll have a month or two where I'm just like, mm. I my mind just keeps saying, this isn't real. This isn't real. There's no way this is real. And in those moments, I feel like I'm failing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, if I were to die today, what? Like, am I going to go to hell? Like, what's happening? And I feel like some days I'm not in control of that. And, and like, someone asked me recently, they were talking about dying. Oh, they were talking about when God returns. They were like, when Jesus returns to earth to set up his. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And they were like, what? You don't you're not excited for that and i was like it's scary to me because it's going to involve like death and i'm a little scared of death and they were like well you must not have much faith and i was like so because i'm scared of death because i don't know what that transition is going to look like means by the way the person who said that to her was a family member uh, means (laughs) i but but hold on let's not be judgy what i'm saying is his faith is different than mine I'm not saying like me, boy, look, y'all, I am not saying, I'm not saying uh, what I'm saying is the light bulb would be nice, but his light bulb is going to burn a lot different than my light bulb. Well, well, that's actually what what I was going to say too, is like, even if you had the light bulb too, it's, I get, you know, I think everyone like would agree that it's either on or it isn't. It's not like, well, it would produce probably apathy where like you've got like, oh, okay, I got it. Good to go now. Well, I'm saying like it's either on or it isn't, but I would say, you know, when you have little faith, it's probably dim, but it's still on. (laughs) Because here's the evidence of that. Here's the evidence of that. Well, it's the The, seeking. That's exactly right. That is the evidence of it. It has to be or there is none. It's that you don't succumb to those thoughts that you're having. You say, no, I'm, I'm still going to... To strive. Well, I don't like those thoughts. Those thoughts make me uncomfortable and they yep. make me anxious. And I'm like, ooh, I I need to do some kind of work because this is not good. It, and like it's a motivator, really. Yep. Is what it is. But I just I like look forward to the day. Like I look at your faith is very different from my faith. And your faith to me looks I feel like we've had this conversation like a million times on the podcast. But just it looks so steadfast like it just looks like you don't doubt and you don't and i'm just like well dang but again that's not the goal like earlier those things are a result of recognizing 
and loving God so much to the point where it's like, it really doesn't matter what happens to me because I'm going to serve you because I love you so much. And that, I mean, it's like, it, it doesn't, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's like, But to have that, that love, you have to have the faith to believe that that exists first. Yeah, and so, and then faith comes by reading the Word of God. So, you know, you read and you get that in you and, and what does the what does the Bible say about you? What does God say you are, who you are? And you believe those things and then your only goal is to serve Him and then the, the faith, the, the not doubting, the... Any of that, I mean, I would say all of us doubt and have, like we've already talked about, but yeah. all of that begins to fall by the wayside and you don't care about it because you care about God so much. You fear God so much. Andrew said the other day, uh, I don't, it may have been on the podcast, but he said, you know, the Bible talks about fearing God and, and the word used for fear is like completely fear. And he said, if I give God all of my fear, I can't fear anything else because I don't have any. He he said, used an analogy of M&Ms. He said, if I have a handful of M&Ms and I give them to Chad, then I don't have any to give to you because I've already given them all to him. So if you want some, you're out of luck. And it's kind of the same thing with fearing God completely. And now whether anybody can achieve that or not, I don't know. But that's the goal is like, I, I fear you more than anything that could ever happen to me. So these other things... I can't even I can't even entertain it because yeah. you're in control. You have all power and know all things, and I'm just going to serve you. And it, I mean, really, for me, it all just boils down to like that's the only person, if you want to use person, we're trying to please, and it just simplifies it for me. It just simplifies it for me. Uh, it makes it easier to understand. Yeah. Well, and that's something we were talking about last night. Like I was telling him one of the things I'm grappling with is like that example would fall under what I'm struggling with is like that analogy of like, if you give all your fear to God, you won't have any fear left. Or like if you focus on Christ, like you won't, you'll be pure and you won't. And like a lot of times this is my problem. It's not anybody else's problem, but I look at that and I'm like, wow, I'm failing because it's said in such a way that's like, you won't have fear anymore. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't think there's some pinnacle that we can reach in our faith where like, we're not still having to work on ourselves and we're not having to feel fear and anger and whatever other human emotions. Like, does that make sense? It's like, sometimes the way people frame it just seems like unrealistic to me and then i'm like well gosh i'm not even like a third of the way there well so it, yeah it is unrealistic yeah. i mean it's so- but, it sounds impossible people make those statements and it sounds can imp- i finish real quick oh yeah sorry but but what chad came in last night when i was saying all this and he said well it's just something to shoot for like it's just a goal it's, it's not what, it's what the lord wants right well and it's i wouldn't say it's just a goal i would just say that it is a goal like like it's not simplifying it. it. It is the goal, you know, like, yeah. And yeah, you should run after it with everything you've got and not, uh, not think, well, I know I'll never get there. So if I slip up here, it's all right. Like, yeah. And and, it, and if somebody makes an extreme statement like that, like all of my fear is in God. So I have no fear. Yeah. All I can say is, 
Roger that, man. Like, if if that if that is the place that you're in, like that's awesome. Like, it's not on me to pull a freaking pistol out of my pocket and hold the gun to their head and say, "All right, say God not God's not real, or I'm gonna blow your head off." Let's see what you Jeez, do there. Babe. Let's 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 see what kind of fear you like. That's not that's not that's not on me to test that. If you want to make that statement, um, I hope you live your life that way. But if you say that's the way it is for you then maybe it is. And if it is, glory be to God. But I, that's not where I'm at yet. Yeah. Oh, but, and I didn't think anybody's there. No, and I understand that it's just an idea. I just I just will naturally, meh, you know, whatever. But I really liked the episode, by the way, with him. That was a really good one. Yeah. Stuff takes time, man. And... uh I just want to encourage y'all, well, for some of you guys, that might not be what you wanted to hear, but that's been the reality for me, and I just wanted to share that story with y'all. Well, this was quite an interesting podcast. It was, it went, went. <laughs> I, <laughs> did we lose about half of our audience when we started talking about the Bible? Well, a couple hundred. Yeah, because but... people love it when you talk about politics, but they just can't, they just can't tolerate when you're talking about things that actually matter. They just can't tolerate it. That's all right. YouTube, do you have any questions? Have you seen any good questions come through? Well, no. we don't need to mention any of chats. those. Yeah. Okay. Um, expect more gave 10 bucks. Outlaw Ridge Equine gave 50. Thank you, Expect um, More. Thank you, Outlaw Ridge. Equine. Pyramidman gave 20. Dang, Pyra. Yeah, we got Manfred Kampf on here. You know, he was on last yeah, time. Manfred. He, he's, Manfred. he's steady. He gave 10. Thank you, Manfred. Manfred. Daddy Crab gave five. We got a Daddy couple Crab. pounds from Daddy uh, Crab. Mr. Crab. <laughs> we got two pounds from D4R K-Side Bob. Heck yeah. That's what? Brother K-Side. Across, people come up with these K-Side. YouTube handles, brother man. Across the pond, what is it? Man. D4? K-Side Bob. Yeah, K-Side Bob. Hey, them boys across the pond, they having a terrible hard time. Yeah. We think we got it rough around here. Well, we headed that way. TJ McLaughlin just gave 10. TJ, thank you, brother. Thank all you guys for tuning in, man. Um, We greatly appreciate it. That episode Blake was talking about with uh, Andrew, he was referencing. That'll release on audio probably early next week, so you guys will get to hear that. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Blake did. Like they ain't taking no questions because he's ready for this to wrap up. Well, there ain't none. Well, well I know that too. Comments, but. But. All right. Well, that'll work. We appreciate you guys tuning in again. We love you. Enough said. <laughs>